Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 2. I'm Nicholas Weber. I'm joined today by Pastor Reese of Zion Lutheran Church in Tacoma, Washington, who is also my pastor. Pastor Reese, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you've lived, and how you came to Tacoma? Sure. Um, I uh, grew up in a southeast suburb of Portland, Oregon, and uh, lived there for uh, well, I really lived in the Portland area, or at least in Oregon, until I was about 32. Um, I'm a second career pastor. So I went to Oregon State University, lived in Corvallis for about five years uh, with, with that going on. Then I was back up in the Portland area. Um, worked uh, Before I actually went to college, I worked as a pastry chef after getting receiving training in that for a while. And then uh, wound up being, of all things, uh, managed a uh, law firm office and... Uh, um, uh, was did some paralegal work there before going into church work. So then uh, went to seminary at Concordia in St. Louis, and then my first call out of the seminary was near St. Louis, uh, south of the city, in a town called Festus. And then in it's been ten years ago now. I received a call here to Zion, and I've been here ever since. So tell me a little bit more about how you compare and contrast the different places that you've lived. Like, what do you like or don't like mm. about Seattle or the Tacoma, Seattle-Tacoma area contrasted with Oregon and St. Louis? Sure. Well, there's obviously a lot of similarities between Western Oregon and Western Washington. Uh, climates are pretty close to the same, especially in terms of the amount of rain that we get. Uh, St. Louis was very different, of course. It's uh, it's not really St. Louis is kind of funny because it doesn't fit perfectly in any mold. Like it, it's it's considered the Midwest, but it's not quite the Midwest because it's got a lot of Southern influence as well, and it's very close to the South. Arkansas is not that far away, um, so it's kind of got an interesting blend of of culture in that regard. They're very proud of their own barbecue, the same way Kansas City or anywhere in Louisiana would be, or Texas. Um, they're, they're also, um, very, very avid sports fans, like much of the Midwest or the South is. So, um, they've got a lot of different influences there, but the weather wise, it's dry in the winter and very, very cold. Um, in the summer, it's way hotter than I'm comfortable with. And especially when you add the humidity. So I'm weather wise, I'm actually prefer it out here where, yeah, we get a lot of rain, like it's raining outside right now. We don't have to deal with the humidity in the summer. And so even when it's hot in the summer, it's not as miserable. And the, the one thing I will say that I liked about Missouri with regard to cold weather was even though it got really cold, like down into the single digits and even negative every once in a while, it was a dry cold. And I know people don't think that means anything. But when you come inside from a dry cold, you warm up almost immediately. When you come in from the cold out here, when it's even down just in the 20s, it takes a while because there's something about the wetness of our cold weather. It seems just to sort almost of, get into your bones. It does. It gets it? right down into the bone, and it, and it seems like it takes forever to get warmed back up again. So set the stage for us in terms of Lutheranism in the Northwest. What district are we in here in Tacoma? This is the Northwest District. It encompasses Oregon, Washington, Idaho and Alaska, and then a lot of people don't realize also Hong Kong and Shanghai. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the Northwest District. Like, what is it in terms of its makeup, 
uh, in terms of its attitude towards a more confessional approach to Lutheranism. What's the Northwest just, what's it like being a pastor in the Northwest district? Well, it's, I guess I'm safe in saying that our, our district, uh, and her leadership are not always in sync with our current synod leadership. Let's put it that way. There's been a number of differences uh, and, and even arguments between them. And uh, I don't want to get into a whole a lot of depth there, you know, fear fear of going over the line of the Eighth Commandment a little bit. But I, w- I would say that there are some definite differences in in the way we look at things, or the way I would say the way our district leadership and many within our district look at things as compared to. Uh, our synod leadership. And I, I would say, and, and I, I'll be honest, I have my, my concerns with both. Um, I have my, my things that I might criticize about our district leadership. I also have things I might criticize about our synodical leadership. Even though theologically speaking and practically speaking, I tend to probably be more sympathetic towards what, what comes out of our synod leadership these days. Okay. Um, but, and, and that's one of those things where the churches, we're always going to be struggling with these issues. Um, and we have to learn how to do it in ways that are, are cordial to one another. That makes sense. So, mm-hmm. Just as kind of a general interest question, as a, most of the audience is lay people, mm-hmm. do you think that really that district level things really affect the lay person at all or something that a lay person should consider beyond just finding a good solid congregation that they can go to. Okay. In, in a specific sense, they don't necessarily, at least not in an immediate sense, because generally you can find a Lutheran church in any district that's going to fit whatever you're looking for, um, which is its own sadness, I suppose, because, because, I mean, ideally we would be united in practice so that if you went to one Lutheran church for vacation versus your home Lutheran church, that you would be... Um, you wouldn't notice any significant difference. I mean, there might be some variations in the way the liturgy is done from church to church. Uh, obviously, the hymns might be different from one Sunday to another, or what? There, there'd be some variation, but overall, the the general historic liturgy would still be present in any church that you went to. That's not the case. You know, you can go uh, to Zion, and you're going to get uh, the liturgy right out of Lutheran service book for the most part, with a couple of very minor innovations. But then you could go across town to another church in the Tacoma area, which is also LCMS, and get a very, very different experience, which, you know, sometimes causes people confusion. And it, and it is it is a problem. It is something we need to work through. Immediately speaking, no, it, it doesn't necessarily impact what, what the district or synod is doing doesn't necessarily impact the person in the pew, the lay person. However, in a general sense and in a long-term sense, it does, because what your church leader allows or what they promote or what they push for, what they teach, all of those things over time get become part of the structure or the makeup of, of what it is the individual churches teach um, and what, what they practice. And so our leadership is important in that regard for the long term. Um, and so you can have leadership that does A uh, and then all of a sudden – you get a change in leadership and the next person that comes into leadership does B. If the person who does A has been doing it for 40 years, you'll notice a trend in the congregations within their district. And B, if he's doing things differently, is going to probably get some pushback and, and is probably going to experience some resistance and some difference. There. Okay. So. This may be a little 
bit of inside baseball for some of our listeners, but I've heard that a lot of the people coming out of Seminex ended up in the Northwest District. Is that correct? And has it influenced kind of <clears throat> piety and practice here? Yeah, in the 70s, the Northwest District was a strong supporter of the Seminex movement. And so there are a number of pastors, I believe, I don't know if all of them are, but I believe that most of them are retired now, but there are still a number of, of pastors who came through the Seminex system, through the Seminex seminary. Now, some have uh, changed their, their views drastically since those days, and others haven't. To my experience, they're all very kind people, but I don't agree with all of them, let's put it that way. Okay. So what would you say it's like to be a Lutheran in the Tacoma area? Uh, in a general sense, it's no different than being a Lutheran anywhere. You're, you're going to find people look at Lutheranism the same way everywhere. You're going you're to have some who don't even know what a Lutheran is. You'll have other people who have a bad, for some reason, for, for whom uh, Lutheranism has a bad reputation, and other people who think Lutheranism is the best thing since sliced bread. And you get a you, you get that whole gamut anywhere you go. Obviously, in the Midwest, especially St. Louis, uh, there are a lot more Lutherans than there are in the Northwest. And so that does have an impact to a certain degree. But in general, I have not found it, or, you know, I, I've never found it any more difficult to be a Lutheran in the Northwest than I did in the Midwest. One of the things, interesting things about Washington is the number of atheists and agnostics. Mm -hmm. Is that something that affects life here or how one lives as a Lutheran? Oh, you certainly can't have. You, it certainly can't not impact life at some level when when you're surrounded by that. Um, it's interesting because, and I think this is also happening in the Midwest too, but in the Northwest, the atheists are honest about their atheism. There there aren't nearly as many atheists sitting in church pews in the Northwest as there might be in the Midwest. Because in the Midwest, there's still a cultural pull to make sure that we keep grandma happy, even though we don't believe anymore. And so in some ways, that actually makes being a Lutheran and being a Lutheran pastor in the Northwest easier. Because I can have an, have an open and honest conversation with the atheists that I encounter here. And I have had many such conversations, and most of them have been very cordial and respectful of one another, um, even though we, we both disagree with one another. Um, in the Midwest, if someone is not owning up to the fact that they don't really believe, it's a little harder to have that conversation. That, Like I said, that is changing. I think you're seeing the same trends happen in the Midwest as you are here. And overall, while some people would argue that that's a bad thing, I think overall it's a good thing because if, if we can have out in the open what everybody really believes, then we can actually have a conversation and we can actually witness to someone. You know, Whereas if they're... If they're an atheist who is just basically feigning Christianity for the sake of, of good order or for the sake of their family or what have you, um, it's they're not on our radar screen, and so there's probably not going to be a conversation about that. So it's more obvious that there's a, an, an opportunity or a need there for the gospel. Right, yeah, and I think, I think honestly, that is the better thing, because if, if, if faith is lacking somewhere, it's lacking, whether or not the person's covering up, it up or not. And at least in the case where it's obvious where faith is lacking, you can actually talk about that. What do you think are some of the best parts about the area or reasons that you'd recommend someone to move to Tacoma? 
Well, Tacoma in particular is a really unique city in the Northwest because it's not, it, it is a decent sized city. I think, I think the city limits, I think the population is around 300,000, but you, you get into, you get over a million when you get the surrounding communities involved. But Tacoma, for, for being a big city, has a, a bit of a small town feel to it. There, there are, there are a lot of, of multi-generation families here that you won't find in Seattle or even Portland. Uh, at least there's more more so, I think, at least in my experience. It seems like everybody I know in Tacoma knows somebody else that I know independently, or at least that, that I, I find that a lot. Um, uh, Tacomans tend to know their history really well, um, their history of their own city really well, and they seem to have a, a, an appreciation for it. Um, I, th- I get the impression that there are more born and raised people in Tacoma than there are born and raised Seattleites in Seattle, as an example. I think compared to other Northwest cities, more folks born and raised in Tacoma have stayed here. I I have no actual data to support that assertion. It's purely anecdotal, but that's my impression. And it just has a more small town feel. There's a friendlier atmosphere than than I would find in Seattle as far as, and not not that I don't enjoy Seattle for for itself, but I find people more open and, and conversational. Like when you go to the grocery store, or you're walking down the street, there'll, there'll be a friendly greeting more often than I've found in other cities. All right. So, so the, that's kind of the highlight and that kind of small town and friendly feel. That's kind of what you yeah. say are kind of the highlights or really good parts. Is, as far as when it comes to people, I mean, it, people generally here are very friendly. Um, and then, and then as far as geography goes, I mean, we're sitting here, um, right on the Puget Sound. Uh, we've got, we can see the Olympic Mountains to our west and north, and we can see the Cascade Mountains, especially Mount Rainier to our east. And I don't think that I've lived here a day where there was any break in the clouds, if not full clear sky, when I haven't seen a mountain, you know, somewhere. You, you just don't, you just can't miss them. They're, they're there all the time. And, uh, and then the beauty of the, the big water down below, uh, below us in Commencement Bay, which is part of Puget Sound. It's just a gorgeous place to live geographically and lots of opportunities for hiking or boating or whatever you, you enjoy doing outdoors. It is a beautiful area, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the flip side, what are some of the not-so-great things about the area? <laughs> well, we're we're up there on the on the crime rate, um, at least in certain parts of the city. We I think our reputation is worse than is deserved, but we do tend to get a, a larger number of, of shootings and other violent crimes than other area, others, other parts of the Puget Sound area. Um, I don't know what it is like per purse, like per capita, like how many, it, it, where we compare with Seattle, for instance, but we're, we seem to be in the news a little bit more often than, than other parts of Puget Sound for that. For that, for all of that though, I've never feared for my family's safety. There are a few bad parts of Tacoma, like there are a few part, bad parts of any city, and you tend to avoid those parts at, at least you know when you can, and uh, and it's not that difficult to do. You mentioned your family. What's it like raising a, a family here in Tacoma? Um, it's a great place to raise a family, to be honest. Um, we don't have as many young families in our church as I would like. In fact, we have very few anymore. Um, and that's, you know, churches all go through that life cycle. You're starting to see young families come into Tacoma again. But for a long time, there weren't as many young families around, at least in our immediate area. Um, most of our 
the residents in our neighborhood surrounding our church were probably 55 and over type crowd, either those who were retired or close to retirement. And but I, I'm starting to see more like we had a young family move in across the street from us not long ago. I don't even I'm not even sure if they have children yet, but they're a young couple. Um, and I'm seeing more young families, evidence of more young families in our, our neighborhood as homes are being sold and, and so forth. So it seems like we're getting maybe getting more young families in the community again. And hopefully maybe we'll start to see some come into our church. It would be it would be nice to have. Um but our family, you know, our kids love it here. We, we've done well with the public school system. Um, there is Lutheran school here, and we, uh, our kids did go to it for a time. Our oldest went through it through eighth grade, but for a variety of reasons, it was important for us to put them in the public school. Um, and where, where we've, we haven't really had any major issues with the public school with regard to what they're teaching. Um, maybe a little bit here and there. But it's nothing that we can't um, correct at home um, or at least, you know, sort of redirect would, would be better word than correct, maybe. What are some of the things in the area that you would recommend visitors see or do to get a feel for the Northwest? Like okay. places to eat or things to do that are kind of the, the highlights of the area? Well, in the Puget Sound area, you know, you want to, there's a lot of good seafood, obviously. Um if you've had salmon elsewhere, you should probably try salmon here, particularly the king salmon or sometimes called Chinook salmon. Um, the other is the co- coho is also a really popular one and a very tasty salmon. Um, lots of places serve it, and most places that serve it do a pretty good job of it. Um, Dungeness crab is one of my favorite things in the world, and you can get really good Dungeness crab here in the if you're in the right months. Usually in the fall months tend to be the best. As far as places to see to get a feel for Tacoma, otherwise there's Point Defiance. Tacoma is kind of built off of a triangular peninsula, and the very tip of that uh, triangle is Point Defiance, which has a ferry landing that with a ferry that will take you across to Vashon Island, which is a wonderful place to visit. Lots of hiking to do there and sights to see. There is a couple of nice restaurants down there, and then there is uh, we have a zoo and uh, several different kinds of flower gardens and uh, a, a uh, route called Five Mile Drive, which you can drive, which is nice, but I like to, I like to ride it on my bicycle. Um, there are lots of hiking trails through it. And the Point Defiance, if you go up to the down the Five Mile Drive, you get several viewpoints along the way that give you views of the Tacoma Narrows, the Narrows Bridge, across to where the ferry goes. All those things. It's a really, really beautiful view, and you get a really good picturesque view of the surrounding area of the city there. Any hidden gems that perhaps that you would recommend that perhaps even a local might not know about? If you had to recommend maybe one or two spots. I'm not the person to ask that. Right. <laughs> to be honest, um, I mean, I I could probably if, I'll probably think of one an hour from now. Certainly, that's but, always the way it goes. Yeah, well, well, you can always uh, let me know, and I can put it in the show notes for the one the one episode. restaurant that's kind of a hidden gem that's not really. Directly Tacoma related, it just happens to be here. Is called Little Jerry's. Little Jerry's. It's on, uh, I believe it's on South Eighty Fourth, but don't get me. But it's called Little Jerry's, and it's a Jerry Seinfeld themed restaurant. Oh wow! And so okay. the whole rest, the whole restaurant so theme is, a restaurant is on about the, nothing. It, it, yeah, kind of is. <laughs> except they serve really good food. Um, it. I don't know what they do for breakfast or for. I, they might only be breakfast. I can't remember. 
but they serve really, I've been there for breakfast. They serve really good breakfast. All of the menu items are, are themed from either episodes or characters or f- famous lines from the show. Nice. And, and if you go in the, the, uh, um, the wall is sort of uh, lined. the The center part of the wall is lined with um, images of comic books because uh, Jerry was into comic books, and the TV has the show running perpetually on it. And then there are there's one wall that's just basically all kinds of what do they call it when oh stencils. There's stencils of different famous lines from the show. All, all the lines that you love to quote the most are all stenciled up there. Um, but on the, on the, the bonus is the, the food is really good too. All right. So Thanks. yeah, that, I'll I would say, I would call that a hidden gem. Um, less hidden gems would be the, the Museum of Glass, which I highly recommend. If you, if you like art at all, I think you'll, you would enjoy this. Um, you can even go into the hothouse and you can watch the glass artists working the glass at mo- most of the time. In fact, I don't think I've ever been there when the hothouse wasn't active with somebody in there. Then there's the, the LeMay Car Museum. Uh, which you can't miss that. It's right next to the Tacoma Dome. It's this very funky looking building right off the freeway. And, uh, I forget how many cars they have in there at a time, but the LeMay car collection numbers over 3,000. It's the largest private car collection in the world. And they rotate a number of them in and out of, of that museum all the time. And it's pretty, pretty neat, pretty interesting. And I'm not really a car buff myself, but I still enjoy going and, and looking at it. Um, he has a lot of the, of the Formula One winning racers in the collection nice so yeah okay. yeah the listeners have, will have to check that out if they're in the area yeah so as we sort of start wrapping up and we're thinking about either travel or moving what do you think a good faithful lutheran should think about or consider when they're thinking about moving to an area well um it's kind of funny because most people don't stop to think about, well, is there a church there that I can attend? Or is there a church close enough that I will be able to attend faithfully? And that really is the first question that we ought to ask if we're thinking about moving because of a job change or we've been offered a job change or, or who knows what, or even our children are going to go to college somewhere. We, we ought to ask the question, will my son or daughter have a church that they can go to where they're going to receive the gifts of Christ administered faithfully, or they receive the gospel preached faithfully. Do they have the, you know, or if I'm moving for a job, am I going to have a church where that will be the case? And that really ought to be the first question we ask. And a close second, though, is, is this going to be a good environment for me to be in? If I'm raising a family, is it going to be a healthy environment for my family? Will I be able to make a good living there? Yes, the company's paying me X amount of dollars, and that seems sufficient for where I live now. But what's the cost of living where I'm going? Will Certainly it, consideration. Will it, yeah, those are all fair considerations. But it's yeah. more expensive than many. Places. Yeah, it's significantly more expensive to live here than it was to live in Jefferson County, Missouri. In Jefferson County, Missouri, we had everything we could ever want, but for whatever reason, the cost of living there was just lower, and so house prices were almost half what they are in Tacoma, for oh instance. And Tacoma is nowhere near as expensive to live in as Seattle, for instance, because you also have to look at the tax rates and such. And all those are important questions, and you're not being unfaithful if you consider those questions. You're absolutely, you need to make sure that your family is provided for in their earthly needs, and, and there's nothing wrong with making sure that that's possible. But I do th- think we need to stop forgetting about that most important component, that one thing needful, and making sure that we're going to go to a place where 
we have the opportunity to receive God's gifts as he would have us receive them. Excellent. All right. Any parting thoughts for our listeners? No, come and visit Tacoma and you're always welcome to come to Zion. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, Pastor Reese. I know for a while you were writing for Worldview Everlasting. Any place online that you direct people to follow you or to follow your work? I don't really do much online anymore. Um, I will be on um, kfuo.org. Um, I'm recording. It's a. It's a. It's going to be a pre-recorded version of the Thy Strong Word because um, Will Whedon will be out of town. I th- I think it's going to be aired later in October, but I'm not sure when. So maybe you can find that out and put it in there. But, All right. Uh, Excellent. I will yeah. put a link to um, that for our listeners. Sure. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you so much again for your time today, and God's peace. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more information about the things we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash two. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe. I'm Nicholas Weber. Talk to you soon.